Welcome back to another episode of Emotional Mastery with Rochelle, the podcast where we discuss everything emotional healing, holistic health, gut health, everything that goes into emotional regulation. I talk about my journey, everything I've tried in this 6-3 trial and error life of mine, emotional human design, astrology, all the things. This specific podcast episode, the specific interview with Autumn of at Meta of Autumn Autumn on Instagram, Metamorphosis of Autumn podcast was recorded back in March. And there has been so many massive shifts since this conversation, but it is still so relatable, still so valuable and still so present, right? It's, it's, Everything is always happening in the now moment. And as I listen back to this podcast, it is just very, very needed. This conversation was really great. We talk about astrology. We talk about human design. We talk about relationships. We talk about holistic health. We talk about boundaries. We talk about our body and tuning into it. We talk about parenting. We talk about healing trauma. We talk about it all. So there is so much to this. I'm not going to spend too much time here discussing it because this is actually going to be a two-part episode. But I think as I was listening back to this specific part one, it's really interesting because I talk specifically in here about knowing that at some point I am going to enter this journey of sobriety where I'm going to leave alcohol behind. And this, when we recorded this, we had a couple glasses of wine on a Friday night. We just like made an evening of it and it was really great. It was really fun. And actually today, as I'm recording this right now, I've been three weeks sober and the shifts and the clarity, and there's so much that has happened. There's going to be a whole other episode specifically on what I've learned during this journey. I don't know if this is specifically something that's going to stay for long term or if it's just part of my healing right now, but it feels really incredible. It feels really juicy and magical, and I'm just running with it, and I feel so good and so empowered and fully feel like I can actually regulate my emotions, which is obviously something I've been chasing for a long time and what specifically this podcast is about. So there's so much to come. And I like, again, I don't want to take up too much time. Just a quick introduction of Autumn. She is a mystic astrologer. She is a writer. She's just a beautiful soul. And every single time we have conversations, they are just so magical and so amazing. I was recently on her podcast at the Metamorphosis of Autumn, and I will link that in the show notes if you want to go over and listen to it. But it's just really great to have a conversation with her. You can find her at Instagram at Meta of Autumn. Again, that's going to be all in the show notes. Rate, review, subscribe, share with a friend, comment. Let me know what you think about it. I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation and I hope that you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, that's good with you. Oh my goodness. How have you been? Pretty good. I can't complain. Yeah. How about you? Good. I just saw your stories about like going to a beach and I literally just booked a trip today. Did you? Yeah. When? Like, for when? For May, for my birthday. <gasps> oh, because you're a Taurus. That's yeah. right. You're the I beginning. was like, I have to get out of this. Oh. Like, And like human design, my environments, it's just markets external, right? So I like, I need to be like around people, but like, I feel so like the suburbs is so like restrictive to me. Like, I feel that. And just like chill on a beach with a margarita in my hand and just like. Yes, that feels like such a vibe today, honestly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just, I need to get out of my environment, even though yeah. I just moved here. It feels like. Let me see. I pulled up your chart too, so we could look at it. Let's do you, it. Your mountains active, which you're pretty much in the mountains. I I am. I am. But. Mountains is also more of a consciousness than an actual physical location. You just mm. see things from a different perspective, right? Like when you're in the mountains, yeah. you can see everything as opposed to just like, I need to be, it, it's also has to do with air quality, right? Like people who have mountains yeah. environment can be smokers and be okay because they don't need as much oxygen. <laughs> I feel like I should pull up your chart too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just like, <laughs> we'll just go back and forth. Like My energy has been so I don't even know how to explain flowy. it lately. Yeah, it's been like really flowy, but really like enlightening almost. Like I've just mm. been seeing a lot about like my relationships with others and really coming into myself and like setting boundaries, which I don't usually do or I struggle with. So mm-hmm. it's like this weird shift that's happening. But yeah, like totally going with my like six, three, like trial and error, chaos on the roof yeah. back down. I'm just like, eh, whatever works. But. Yeah. And I remember last time we talked to you, I said that like, you never really fully come onto the roof because yeah, you're always I don't. in that three like energy. I, yep. I get up there. I like see things and then I'm like, nah, I want to go play for a little bit. Yeah. And then I'll go. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, awesome. Amazing. And I looked, I looked up my um, like I guess what astrocartography or whatever today. Yeah, yeah. And it says Neptune is along that line. Yeah. Oh, fun. So you're gonna have like a very you know, dreamy time then. Like is it's going to be a mean? time. Yeah. It's kind of like you're in, you might be getting a lot of insight at that time though. Like while you're there, you might feel like there's a lot of downloads and ideas that come to you. That's that part time. of the reason why I wanted to go. Cause I wanted to have the mm. space to be, cause at first I was going to go to Vegas just to like let yeah. go and party. But then I was like, you know, I want right. like more of a spiritual experience. Like I want to have fun. I want to have a few drinks, but I also want to like tap in. Cause that's what I feel like my energy has been this year. That's perfect with the Neptune time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, because Neptune also allows you to indulge and escape mm-hmm. a little bit and allows you to fantasize and go into these kind of like romantic, dreamy elements. But okay. also there's that spiritual connection too. There's also this like divine insight that comes in with Neptune. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's going to be fun. I know. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm excited for All you. Right. All right. Let's backtrack just a minute so that you okay. can... I know I was on your podcast and it was wonderful. And I would love for you to tell all the listeners a little bit about yourself as much or as little as you would like, how you came into astrology, how it's changed your life, self-love, all that good stuff. All of it. Okay. So, you know, I don't really know how I came into astrology. I just know I've always been into the fact that I've been a Gemini and so like I've just always looked into my horoscope I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a Gemini. Like, let me look at that. And it's always resonated with me. And now looking at my chart, I can understand why it resonates with me because I have so many other facets of Gemini and Mercury in my chart. But at the time, I was just really on any kind of path throughout my whole life. I've always just been into trying to understand the human experience and what it means to connect with others, what it means to really be in this body and like understand, understand it all basically. And through any modality. So psychology has been one way that I've looked at it, astrology, human design, like all these different tools, I feel like have pulled me closer to myself and just made me able to connect deeper with myself and be able to understand myself from a different lens. So I would say maybe about four years ago, I started really, after I really took my first spiritual awakening, I started diving into more spiritual ways in which I could dive into myself. And astrology was one of the ways. So I asked my mom for my birth time. I was like, mom, what is it? She gives me my birth time, supposed birth time. And I say that because really astrology found me. I didn't find astrology. Astrology found me. And so she gave me my, my brother is born in the same day as me, but two years after me. Hmm. So my mom probably just like, you know, doesn't really remember. So she just, she gave me essentially my brother's birth time. And what ended up happening is I started studying my own chart through the lens of my brother's birth time. And I realized that I was, a, I saw from that standpoint that I was a Gemini rising and I'm like, okay, it makes sense because I'm really a Virgo rising, but they're both Mercury ruled. And so like I, it still resonated with me and I still got it. But then flash forward, I want to say this is about two to three years ago. And so under this premise for about a year and a half, I'm studying, thinking that I, I'm studying my houses, thinking I'm a Gemini rising and my grandpa passes away and I'm not really fond of this man. He's just not generally a good person. So I don't really like him. I don't really want to interact with him, but he passes away. And my grandma, who I'm very close with, I would say she's a second mother to me. She wanted me to come with him to, or come with her to go and get all his stuff together when he passed away in his house. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll do it because it's you. I love you. Even though I, he gives me the X, I'll go. So we're there and it's all very divinely guided because under any other premise, I would have said, no, I would have said, absolutely not. I'm not going. I'm someone who's very blunt and bold. And like, I have a lot of fire in my chart. So that's like very already prominent in my being, but something in me said, you need to go. So I went and as we're there, we're looking, I decided that I wanted to look through photo albums because I just love to look through photo albums. It's just fun, right? It's like so much Mm -hmm. fun to do, to look back and it's like nostalgic. And I come across this baby picture of me, like newborn, fresh out. And it has my time of birth on there. 
<laughs> and it's not, not not the time my mother gave me. Oh my God. I texted my mom and I sent her the picture and I said, mom, is this my time of birth? Is this when I was born? She said, this has to be because I wrote that right when, you know, that was like immediately after. So then I was like, wow, this is why I came. I was like, this is why I came to find out the real time that I was born because me and my mom don't have too close of a relationship. So I just kind of took it to her, like as her word that it was that time of birth and whatever. And so then it turned out that crunched the numbers. <laughs> I'm a Virgo rising. And I said, Oh, wow, that makes a 100% sense. And so then we had traveled to Wisconsin. And I was in Illinois at that time. And it was about a three and a half to four hour drive. And so the whole ride home, I was by myself, I decided that I was going to just I was going to dive into now this Virgo rising and where the planets fell into my houses. And it was a whole new world for me. It was like a new reality. And I really felt like I was meant to come here. I'm meant to know astrology on a deeper level. And I'm meant to study this. And it just kind of all clicked for me at that moment. That's cool. That's it's funny. My mom gave me my brother's birth time too. Oh, yeah. So exactly. Common. Exactly the same thing for like over a year I was, and it didn't change much because we're, we we're born like, I don't know what, I think he was like 1036 and I was 1120. He, he was uh, AM and I'm PM. Oh, okay. So it completely changed. Yeah. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. But like, for me, the only thing it changed really was like my cognition, which changed mm. from inner vision, which makes sense. I'm very visual. I'm an artist. So I see a lot of things in my head. I'm a photographer. I, I see images, but I always, when I first found human design and I found out I was emotionally defined, I resonated with it so strongly, but I also didn't understand because I tap into people's energy so much. Like I feel so intensely. Like when my ex used to just like open the garage door and walk in the house, I could feel the anger radiating off of him. Right. Mm. So I was just like, I didn't understand why I felt like that. Like I could just like feel, but it turns out my cognition is feeling. So when it switched and I saw that, I was like, no shit, like makes so much sense. That's when it, but it's just, it's funny how our parents are so like, and my mom was, she was like, that is your time. You were both born at the exact same time in the same room, <laughs> at the same hospital with the same doctor. I'm just like, we are soulmates if that happened. And you did not tell me before, like 33 years old, <laughs> like what? Right. Right. <laughs> but It is. It's funny. I can look back now and laugh. And I was laughing at the time because it was mm-hmm. never that serious. It was never me wow. like, oh my God. Ah. But it was something that I was like, wow, I've been studying and thinking that I'm a Gemini rising mm-hmm. and I'm a Gemini sun. So I'm like, yeah, of course I resonate. And I have a Gemini Mercury. So I'm like, of course I resonate. Mm-hmm. Like, But the Virgo rising just makes so much more sense because I do have this much more precise and analytical side of me that the Gemini doesn't always take hold of. Mm. That's why it's it's so I mean a lot of people I think with like human design too it's very much like your open centers there's a lot of conditioning there so sometimes we don't resonate with that and especially like our unconscious side I know we broke it down before and I'm happy to go through that again but we have our conscious and our unconscious sides in human design so our unconscious side is literally our body it's the stuff that's like it's called like our mind is the streets right and our unconscious body is the tunnels where you know what's there but you can't really see what's in there right it's just it it's autopilot pretty much. It just runs in the background. You can't consciously be aware of it necessarily. So a lot of people feel sometimes like they don't resonate it with, but also if your birth time is wrong, even by a few minutes, like I pulled someone's chart. Yeah. Someone, someone asked me to pull a chart for their dad and I pulled it. And I think she gave me like 10 minute difference of the time. And he went from being a manifesting gen or a manifester to a manifesting Mm. generator. Oh, that's a big difference. Exactly. Significant. Yeah. But you also intuitively, I think we intuitively know, and it's just tapping into that. Like my mom kept saying 1036, you were born at 1036. And I was like, I don't know, like something Mm. like was in there to make me go dig through her like little library to find my birth certificate. And sure enough, it was wrong. Right. There's always those kind of little pulls or those inklings or those pings or those intuitive hits, whatever you want to call them, that are pulling us in the direction that we're already meant to be Mm -hmm. going in. And I feel like with human design, there's so much that I still want to understand about it. I've been listening to the, what is that podcast called? 
It's probably called like the human design podcast. I don't know <laughs> whatever it's called, but it's been really helpful to understand some of like the open centers and things like that already from our reading, which helped me to key in on some of the more important parts of my charts. Yeah. And like, just as you had, we had our, and it's 818 right now. I love that. Cause it's one of my times, oh. um, but <laughs> Before we had our reading or when you came onto my podcast, we had talked and I hadn't even known at that time, I think, or I was in the works of moving to Denver and mm-hmm. from being in like Flatland, Illinois. And then you saying like, yeah, you're better in the mountains. And I had already felt that pull, you know, like I'd already felt that desire to go to the mountains. So you just confirming that was like amazing. You know, because I was like, okay, that it's in my design. Like, it's a part of me. It's not just like this crazy thing that I feel I should be moving to. It's actually a part of who I am. And I think that's part of the Virgo rising in me that really wants that like defined practical thing that's going to tell me this is the direction Mm -hmm. that you're supposed to be going in. And that's why I like astrology so much. That's why I like human design so much because it's not like the other modalities that we could look at like the what's that one where like there's all the infg g f e what is that called i can see it in my mind Ugh, i can see it in my mind too Enneagram. I can't, I can't. Enneagram. yes yes yeah. that i feel like okay those like personality quizzes I change. I well, change I, so frequently thing, because it does change your personality. As you grow, right. you're going to change. So that is very fluid. It's very, it's indicative of your personality now. Now. Right? And I can't design. take that for face value. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take yeah. that because yeah. I'm a different person being such a mutable energy. Mm. I'm like, I think you're pretty fixed in your chart. And so you yeah. probably feel that you're somebody who's a little bit more. Well, my um, Taurus son doesn't like change that much. Right. Exactly. I kind of dig my feet <laughs> in a little bit. And then my Leo moon and rising is just like all fire wants to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm like, but they're also fixed, right? So there's that fit. They're all three of those are fixed. So fixed energy is the hardest to actually move and to change. It's the one that is set in their ways. So, so my that's why ex, <laughs> my ex was Scorpio sun. I haven't really pulled this chart. That's fixed I, too. Yeah. But I don't know what the rest of his chart is. I didn't pull it. Cause I don't, I like, I want to know, but I don't really want to know. And he was like so stubborn, but he would always be like, he was like, man, I thought I was stubborn. I am nothing compared to you. I was like, I know. You're I literally, nothing compared to a Taurus. I know <laughs> it's so bad. Like I would literally, if I get mad, at, I'm trying to get, cause that's the ego. Right. And I'm really trying to work yeah, past that. Yeah. Like I would get, if I get mad at somebody and that's the thing, like it takes a lot to get me there. But once I'm there, I am done. Like I will not speak to you. I will like, we're, we're finished. And I try not to get to that point anymore, but like, Whew, I, I, yeah, it's a struggle. <laughs> but that's the thing I think about Taurus is that you guys don't really, it takes a lot for you guys to get upset. It takes really a lot does. for you to get to work, worked up about something and to really get bothered and angered mm-hmm. by something. So when you are angered by something and when you are pissed off about something, it's typically on the principle. It's typically on something that's very like matter of fact and like everybody could see plain as day that that person shouldn't have done what they did Mm. versus me having all this fire in me. I can get mad off of just, you know, the way somebody looks at me sometimes, you know, like I can get mad off of some real dumb shit. I can get really upset just about, uh, not really upset, but you know, just like triggered, I guess Uh by little things simply because of that extra fire in me and like the Taurus energy in you is able to see the practical side of things. But once you are angered, once you are hurt by something, it's harder for you to actually get over that thing. Yeah. I was just pulling up your chart too, to just, cause you have two emotional, um, from your emotional solar plexus, you have two channels. So you have multiple waves that are going on. And what I found, so you have gate 55 too, which is the gate of the spirit, which is a reflection of yourself, right? It, it, the other end of that is gate 39, which is the gate of provocation. I have gate 55 in my unconscious. You have it in your conscious. Let me check where you have it. Which means what? So basically, so for me, I have gate 55 in my, my unconscious okay. Venus. 
So it's how I show love. And so it's like when that gate 39 is sitting there like poking me and provoking me, I get really Uh triggered, but it's more to show me something about myself. Right. Mm. And so like, this is in my Venus. So this is like how I love and this your relationship. I can love yeah. someone else, right? It's like I have to see the stuff in myself and like the gate 39, the way that they know that somebody is right for them is by poking and provoking and seeing the reaction to them. My daughter, my son, my mom all have gate 39. And so like, oh, wow. so like, like why am I so people. triggered? Yeah. 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 So by these people. Yeah. So their their job basically, right? Like I'm I'm saying job very loosely, like yeah. as in like their design is to provoke you emotionally. So basically. So my so my son and have, what is your job? They to have just be the their, bigger person? It's to show me what I need to heal. It's showing me my hmm. wounding. And so for them, it's like if they can poke me and they can provoke me and it's showing me all the stuff about me, if I'm still hanging around and like seeing past the triggering into like them, that's how they know people are right for them. Does it make sense? Like they have this in their in their conscious son. So this is like their personality. I can see that to an extent because I think we all trigger each other. I think we all provoke and trigger and like their like their incarnation cross is literally that's what they're here to do. They're doing it. They poke and they provoke to help you, right? Like it's coming from a good place. Like they're asking the hard questions. They want to push you. What to is the spirit? Person. I want to ask. I want to get over <laughs> the 30. <laughs> I'm over their gate. I want to talk about our gate. What's yeah. the gate of the spirit? <laughs> well, I just think that gate is important because it is the energy. No, it's true. always going to be kind of seeking out, right? So it's just an attraction thing, right? It's the electromagnetic, like chances are, cause that's a big, we're going to be pulled to exactly. that person. So, I, and that's my trigger pulling out when I say that I'm over that. It's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody like I'm a Gemini sun, Leo moon. If I'm yeah. not joking, then there's yeah. probably something like emotionally wrong with me, but <laughs> <laughs> it's more so like, I want to understand, I think, what is the spirit? What is the spirit side of it? Like other than Taking in the triggering of, yeah, I guess taking in like other people's mm-hmm. or I'm trying to understand it. Yeah. The I don't way I, I interpret it. it, the way I see it, the way I feel it, the way it comes to me is like that gate 55 that we have, that's going to be constantly provoked and constantly triggered and constantly like it's showing us things about ourselves to heal so that we can become our highest self, right? Like it's the mm-hmm. things that we need to shed. So mm-hmm. these people are coming in to show us you know, like, it's just like anything when you get in an argument and somebody pisses you off really has nothing to do with them, right? It's an aspect of yourself that is, whether it's an inner child wounding going on or just like whatever trauma that has not been healed yet. So it's showing us these things so that we can take control and we can heal ourselves and we can grow and we can face them and have awareness and kind of like, it sucks to like constantly feel that. And especially because it creates a different wave. So for you, you have the collective wave and the tribal wave. And then you have this gate 55 and when it's provoked, then it creates an individual wave. So you're getting these three waves that are being triggered. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it from all sides. Mm-hmm. I feel like everybody's attacking me. I'm attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> They're attacking me. I have My to say, like, I've, me. I've really, really <laughs> been tapping into and leading into my wave recently. Mm. It's like, I feel like the emotional wave is like the hardest authority to really, because first of all, there's no truth in the now. We're never going to have 100% clarity on what we're supposed to do. And then when we're in this neutral space, like, like today I felt pretty neutral and then I booked my trip and then I was like on this crazy high, but like when I booked it, I was neutral. (laughs) But like, I can come to this neutral space and be like, okay, this is the decision I need to make. I logically know this. I've gone through the ups and downs of it. Like I know. But then the next day I wake up and then I'm in this high and I'm like, oh, what was that thing that I felt like I should do? Ah, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like now I'm on yeah. the high and everything seems wonderful <laughs> like, and like whatever. So then I don't do it. Yeah. And then I wake up the next day and I'm in this low and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the God. worst ever. Why didn't yeah. I just do it? Why didn't I listen to myself again? Yeah. You know, so it's like, I've really just been like trying to really lean into it and re- lean into the feelings of it. And like now when I hit these lows, instead of, cause it is easy to become a victim, right? It is easy to take on that victim mindset. Like, Oh, woe is me. And here I am again. And you know, Bob over there, like said something and now I'm pissed off and I'm in a low, like whatever, you know, our wave goes up and down and it's not anything anybody did, but I'm really like noticing that when I'm in that space, that low space, 
my, cause I'm feeling all of the feelings in that space. Like I can write so much better. I can make podcasts so much better. I can go out with my camera. I can go out in nature. Like, I just feel like I connect and like tap into things on such an emotional and like feelings level that mm-hmm. I'm really into that now, instead of sitting here and just being like, Oh, I could sit here and cry all day, which, you know, I'm still going to cry. Cause I cry. Sometimes all it's day. fun. Yeah. I know. I cry. I probably yeah. cry almost every single day. Yeah. You same. know, or every other day I would say. <laughs> I think as an emotional authority, so like part of my story too, part of my narrative is that I was taught from a young age that I wasn't supposed to cry. I was the oldest sibling and the daughter of alcoholics. And so I grew up with this very responsible like mindset. And so I, even at movies, like I remember my mom looking at me and being like, if I would start tearing up at a movie that was obviously supposed to tug at your emotions she'd be like why are you crying and that was just her own things that was her own shit for lack of a better term right now but it's like now as I've reconditioned myself it's I love my emotions my emotions are so much fun to me like to have these ups and downs and as much as it sucks to sometimes be in these like lower feelings, I think that the fact that I'm able to actually feel into them now instead of avoiding them, and then they come in more persistent, and then they come in harder and they last longer, like now they don't actually stay with me as long. They stay with me for short periods of time, mm-hmm. and I'm able to enjoy them, and I'm able to like create something from them. Exactly. And our waves are information for us. You know, like everything we feel is information, but I completely agree. Like I used to, when I hit a low, I used to sit in that low for days, like days. I couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure out why I was feeling that way. Or like I were, I would attach it to somebody so that I would sit there and be bitter and like pissed off at them. And now it's like, I feel like I can cycle through it within like an hour or less now. You know what I mean? Like I go through a lot during the day now. I feel like I go up and down a lot more, whereas they used to be longer before. So now they're a bit more spiky, but like I can cycle through them easier and with the awareness of what they are. So like when I get triggered, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm so mad at you. I'm like, okay, this is showing me something about me. What is this about me? This has (laughs) nothing to do with the other person. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so it just, it, it, it's less personal. It's, it's like less attacking and you take less offense to it. And it's a beautiful space to be in, but Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of work. I think it's not something that happens overnight. Oh, oh, I mean, it's taken me, I've been in this human design for two years and I feel like I'm just now getting a grasp on my emotional authority, you know, but it's like, and I still struggle with it. Like I, I used to be the most passive aggressive person. Like I wouldn't take digs at you all day, but I would Mm. never come out and get mad at you. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I would just sit there and make my little comments. And like, I have moments now where it's like, I go to say those little comments because I want you to know that I'm mad, but then I have to, then I step back and I'm like, okay, just be honest, be vulnerable. Like you're hurt. Right. Be vulnerable. Say that you're hurt right now instead of saying, instead of like projecting on somebody else and making them feel bad and then making them mad that I did something, you know, it's just like the cycle that we never get out of. Sometimes it sucks to be the bigger person though. Cause I'm just like, no, I just want you to hurt. Like I'm hurting right now. (laughs) Oh, can we talk about how much it sucks to be the bigger person? Sometimes I think people don't talk about that enough. I really, you know, I used to be the the lower person for a while. I would take the, the low route. I would take the route of, you know, not like doing anything really, really horrible or anything like that, but just, uh, digging at you, you know, I, I can, rip you to shreds, but is it necessary? Is it, do I need to do that? Is it even like, what is that saying about me? And so when I was in that state that I would do those things, (laughs) it was very unconscious. And it was all about wanting to make the other person feel how badly I was feeling. It was never about how I felt about the other person or what I was even saying about the other person. It was always reflecting back on how badly I felt and how badly I wanted to make them feel. And the thing is, when you are that way towards another person, you're also being that way towards yourself. Mm -hmm. Not just like I'm putting on you and I'm walking away and I'm happy now. What you put out, you get back. So you're still hurting yourself, you know, and at the same 
And I would feel so horrible after like you would feel, you know, people think that you would feel better after Mm -hmm. you've said the thing that you needed to say or that you think you needed to say or uh, got got your piece out. But Mm -hmm. you don't you don't you feel better when you (laughs) come to it with grace and like with vulnerability. Every Mm -hmm. time I have come to a situation at my most vulnerable or I'm like, hey, listen, man this really hurt me. Like I'm really sad about this or this really triggered me and not actually been like you triggered me, not been like you did this to me, (laughs) Uh, which I used to do. It's always led to a better conversation. It's always led to a closer connection. It's always led to like some type of deeper and not just on like the connection side, but on my own side too. Like I've always felt more peace. I've never felt peace saying the nasty thing to somebody. I've never felt peace like doing those kind of things. It's always when I'm like, Hey, listen, uh, this is how gross or how ugly or how, you know, envious or jealous or whatever I feel right now. And I hope you can see it. I hope you don't hate me for it, but, uh, this is how I feel. Yeah. Well, and you're allowing the other person to be vulnerable with you and you're actually knowing what the truth is there, right? It's like when we feel too much in a relationship, at least in our unaware self, then we're just like, I'm done with you. I'm going to pick a fight and this is going to be over, right? Because it's yeah. scary. It's scary. Push it away. Push exactly. that person away. It's hard to be vulnerable and say, hey, I love you. And that person may be like, oh, not there. But at least you know. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it doesn't make or it. Or not even say I love you because a lot of the times I don't say I love you. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I just literally am hurting right now. We're like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, I, I always pull it back to me. Like, I'm always like this, mm-hmm. I I'm taking full responsibility for my, my emotions. And that's taken work. Like you said, like you've done it with yeah. human design, taking me therapy, it's taken me years of other work and other like other things that I've had to do to try to come to grasp with the person that I am without like being a martyr and also without casting blame onto people that have played a part in my story because it's just like their part. It's not, mm-hmm. they're not my full story. You know, I like, I think Tony Robbins is very much, you love him or I hate him. Like there's no in between with Tony Robbins, but I was watching his like, I'm not your guru, whatever. But he said one thing Mm -hmm. that like had me in tears, but he was just, his mom was an alcoholic. He had like a really bad relationship with her. She was abusive, like the whole thing. But he always like, he'll say, he's like, you know, I love my mom because I would not be where I am today without what she did to me or without the experiences that I had with her growing up. So he's like, I literally can sit here today and say that I love her because of that. And it's true, like people, experiences, things that we go through in our lives make us or allow us to be where we're supposed to be. The trick, though, is through all that time is like, can you get to the point where you can see it or not? You know, a lot of us get really stuck in that anger and that bitterness and that resentment and that frustration and whatever your not self is. Whatever. Yeah, your design is going to play itself out. And and some people just don't get there in this lifetime. I think like... There's so many of us in this space, right, that are like, whether it's astrology or human design, like whatever your modality is, whatever tool it is that helps us like get here, like we are here to really like heal ourselves and others. And it's so it is a beautiful thing, but it's not easy. It's just like fitness. It's like nutrition. Like it doesn't have you're not gonna like one day be like, I'm gonna work out every day 10 pounds. Like it takes years and it's hard. And it's like especially and it's hard. It and is hard down <laughs> through your life yeah. that you've never dealt with. Like it definitely gets harder before it get easier, you know? And that's why I like, right. do need, like, I'm very much that person where I'm like, I don't need anybody. Like I used to, I, I catch myself even now being like that. And I'm like, you don't need to be so independent. Like you're safe now, you know, like, yeah. Uh it's okay. You're safe. You're safe to need somebody. Yeah. I do know that same. every single morning. I'm like, you are safe now. You are safe now. Cause it's still, you know, it is like, we do get triggered even, even in our healing, we're still going to go back to that space sometimes, you know, always, mm-hmm. always. I mean, like not always, but we are in all ways healing. We're always going back to some aspect of healing. And if you're not, then 
are you really healing? Mm -hmm. Like, because there's no stop to this. There's no end. There's no beginning. Um, Just like most people can't really say like, I don't know when to start. Like, I don't know when it began. I don't know when I started this journey of self-discovery or whatever the fuck, spirituality, whatever you want to call it. But I know I'm here now. And I know that it's a continuous process and it's everyday decision. It's every day you wake up and you decide if you're going to choose choose the path of spirit, which means being able to confront people with empathy, being able to be in your day-to-day interactions and be present. It means being able to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that you are capable, deserving, and willing and loving of everything. It's all of those things. And also allowing yourself to have those horrible days where you just decide to binge on Netflix and you don't meditate mm-hmm. and maybe you eat a little too much and maybe <laughs> you eat drink the salty food much. and maybe you drink a little too much. Yeah. So maybe you do the things yeah. that make you not so quote unquote spiritual or evolved or whatever you want to label this to be, but it's all a process and it's all a journey. Like I think that's what I've always come back to is that throughout what, as I've looked back at the years, like I've always been in different stages of my healing journey. I've always been able to reflect back and see where I was falling short, you know, or where I was like, where I was trying to overcompensate or where I was, whatever the case could have been, but like always looking back and being in the present and desiring to look forward. I'm always like, guess what? It's all going to be just healing. It's all going to be looking at myself. So what the fuck am I in a rush for? Like, There's no rush. There's no race. There's no finish line. The finish line is death. Like I want people to hear that. Like I want people to understand that the finish line is death. And even, I mean, you know, even at that, like, even at that, like lifetimes to get to this point, too. like the only time that you're done is when your soul decides it's evolved enough not to come back as a human being, like at a 5d consciousness level. Yes, we can look like I'm always like, yes, we are coming back and we're coming back and learning lessons. But if we're just looking here and now, like you're just, you're just trying to get to the next step, to the next Mm -hmm. step, to the next step, to the Mm -hmm. next step, to death, to the next step, to the next step, to death. Yeah. That's all it is. And I think like, especially when I started the spiritual journey, it's a lot of like having grace with yourself. And like you said, just like, for me, it was like, I know, I know one day I will probably quit drinking. One you know, day. I know. Yeah, I know. I know that's in my path. I know that's in my journey. I know I'm going to hit that spiritual depth where I'm not going to need it to like numb anything. You know what I mean? Like I'm still healing. Yep. There's still days yep. where I have too much to drink, like every, every now yep. and again, like whatever. I used to shame myself real, really bad. And I used to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm not, I'm not healing. I'm not How growing. How dare I'm, you, Rochelle? I know, but I did. I felt like that for a long, I would have yeah. like a glass of wine and I would sit here and I would just be like consumed with like guilt for having a drink, you know? And I just like, that's the point. It's like, you know, I know it's coming intuitively in my heart, in my gut. I know it's coming. So coming. So why rush the process? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can only live in the now moment. There will be a day where I choose that I don't need it anymore. And that's going to be a beautiful thing. But you know, for right now, I just, I'm not there yet. And that's okay. If and that I, ha- I, cool. it is, I went to Austin like two weeks ago and I had all these plans and I was going to, and I literally, I got there Friday. I ended up crying in the shower and falling asleep at seven 30 at night. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I should, for a second, I was like, I should go out. I should get dressed. I should force myself to go out and have a good time. But I was like, you know what? I'm tired. Like I, I have been like very close to burning out in the last two weeks. And I slept like that whole weekend. I got home. I slept like maybe not a lot of people know, but I bartend just a couple of days a week. I just, I, I enjoy like the social aspect of it. Cause otherwise I'm just yeah. Like I sit here with these four walls or whatever. So I was asked to work a St. Patty's Day party, had a couple drinks, whatever. And then I just, I slept like all day Thursday. And then I like I, last weekend, I, but so I just, my body needed that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, meditate, I slept too much. You know, my kids were kind of run around like crazy, but I was just like, I knew that my body needed the rest. It needed to just let go of my rituals and my routines and just uh-huh. like, just get into that Pisces 12th house mode. Like, <laughs> like just be and just be. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we just have to be. We do. Cause like, even that's like one thing I've noticed recently that I'm really trying to like step into more 
living my design because I'm very much, and I know it's like somewhere in my chart, you would probably know more than me, but like, I'm very much like, I think it's where, no, my Jupiter's in the eighth house. Oh, I'm not even looking at my chart here. Just like, I feel like I, I love to learn. Like I always like, I want to read all the books. I want all the knowledge. Like I we want- have a Venus and Gemini. So is that I would what it say is? that's very close. Okay. That's very inept and uh, okay. indicative to be of somebody who wants all of the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I yeah. sometimes, I think I get very mental with it where it's like, even with human design, it's like, I've read all these books. I have all these resources. I have all of these information. I can look at your chart and tell you all this mm-hmm. stuff. But then when it actually came down to just like, it's like, I can look at it. I can be in a trigger. I can feel something and I can logically know, okay, well, this is what's happening. Then what do I do with that? Right? Like I just tell Mm. myself what's happening. So I've really just been trying to lean into just like taking the information in slowly so that I can actually absorb it and take it in and actually live it and experience it before I'm just like consuming, 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 and logically knowing everything. Taking the time to like speak to you, right? And find out how does gate 55 present itself for you? I I know what it is, but it doesn't mean to say that what the book says is what your experience with it is. Uh-huh. Right. So it's just like, I feel like I'm trying to force myself to slow down with like the, the mental trip of all this information. Yeah. Cause it can happen. Yeah. It can definitely happen. There's some, and that's like the self-development or self-healing world too, is like, yeah. you want all the knowledge, you want all the information. Mm-hmm. But then it is that absorbing aspect and there is that integration period of you needing Mm -hmm. to actually sit with the knowledge. And I think for some people, it really depends. Since you are definitely trying to teach this, both you and I are teaching this, there is that like integration period. But for some people that are just trying to understand themselves or like move through it or whatever, like absorb what you want to take what you want. Your North Node might be in Gemini. You might be here for curious and quick information and not really be someone who's meant to dive deep into something, you know, but I do think there is a lot of reverence and like, there's a lot that could be said to somebody who sits with the knowledge that they learn and actually practices it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I went through like, cause astrology fascinates me. It's, it is like a huge part of human design. I know like we'll touch on that. We can like, cause I know I kind of wanted to like integrate our knowledge. Yeah, I have time. So we're okay, cool. (laughs) I did. Like I started to dive into astrology. I got all these books. Like, I mean, well, you can't see them. They're up there. But no, like, I can't I, see. But... I do like, I have read the basics of astrology and I started yeah. to take courses and dive into it. But like mentally, I was like, I have to step away from this. I have to like truly integrate and like learn as much as I can about human design before I go and overwhelm myself with astrology, right? Like they tie so tightly together. And I think I'm naturally going to learn about it as I learn human design. Mm-hmm. I don't have to like step away from the thing that I know to learn yes. something new, you know? no. And let's see what like your North Node is in too, because the other thing about that Aries, okay, yeah, so you're like a quick starter, you're somebody who likes to start things, (laughs) and not always like your initiator, right? I feel that though, because I did feel at a point that I was supposed to like stop learning so much about astrology and learn more about human design. And I'm like, well, I really like human design, but it doesn't call to me the same way that astrology calls to me. It's, I don't think about it consistently. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's not the way I relate to people. It's not like if I'm talking to somebody and they start, you know, and they start speaking in different, like, I'd be like, oh, this person probably has Mercury and Gemini. Like I'm going to start coming up with my own, you know, connotations of what I know for my own lens to be Mm -hmm. true about them. And so it's like, you, you don't have to know all of the things. And I think that like, like you said, human design and astrology are so intertwined. They're so interacted, but it's like your path is human design, you know? So it's like, there's so much to know in human design. So it's like, it's better for you to dive more deeply into that than for you to dive deeper into astrology Mm -hmm. and then have uh, like, two and two. Same with me, right? Like I like to learn when I'm, when I'm looking into human design, I'm always looking about myself. When I'm looking into astrology, it's not always about myself. It's about who, whoever it is that I'm trying to understand at that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think like all of these modalities, I can look at them through like the lens of myself. But if I really have an interest in it, I'm going to look at it to see everybody in my life. 
and try to understand them. Yeah. That's my ninth house talking, but that's no, I like, I can no. when I like speak to people and like, even like just interacting with people like out and they'll like say something and I'm like, Ooh, like what gate is, is that gate 21? You know, like, so my mind goes to human design too, but like, as I'm doing like readings and stuff, I do pull up their, their astrology chart just to see like the house placement, the planet planetary placements in the houses. I don't know, like super in depth, you know, but like, I feel like that broad knowledge is enough to tie it into. So like, you know, like if like you have gate 20 in your son and then finding out what house that's in, I think that's cool. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's good information to have to know like, okay, your son. That's the metamorphosis gate, right? Gate 20 is coming out of your throat. So that makes you like a pure manifesting generator. It's like, I I think, I think gate 20, I have like only one book on human design, uh and I think gate 20 is the the one now. The gate of the now. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one's the metamorphosis one, but the gate of what now. Gate 34. Okay. So that's your, your personality. Okay. So your unconscious son is in gate 37, which is all about physical touch. Oh, I'm so, so like physical your touch. body literally physically needs touch. And I have gate, <laughs> I have gate 37 in my Gate 37 is in my unconscious Mercury. And so it's funny because the way I tell you how I feel is through touch. But yes. like I I think from my past experience and stuff, I feel like I have to have permission to actually like touch somebody. Mm. So it's like I'm always, I get frustrated, but then it's always coming back to, okay, what is it saying about me? Right? Like what do I need to heal for me to feel safe to touch somebody? And then I for ask- me. And then you ask what? No, I just like, I I think like, okay, so like that person's not super affectionate, but am I giving the affection that I want to receive? And I'm not. Mm. Are you giving? Oh, and you're not giving them. I'm not. Because it's your unconscious, right? Yeah. See, for me, like my, I'm also just looking from an astrology standpoint, I'm very physical touch, Mm -hmm. but I think that is strongly related to my Venus being in Aries because that all it's all about the body Aries Mm -hmm. is all about the body and it's all about the physicality and so I really like to and that is in my seventh house of Mm -hmm. partnership and so when it comes to partnership I really like to be touched and if I'm not being touched I feel like that person might not love me I feel like that person might not care for me you know I'm feeling some type of way So your unconscious Venus is in gate 36, which is all about experiences, like sexual experiences. And then your conscious conscious Venus is in gate 51, which is the gate of shock. So what does that mean? So that gate is literally like you, you can be shocked a lot, but you're, you're literally designed to handle, to like withstand the shock of others, but you also will shock people. So whether it's just like, saying something. I shock people a lot. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's just verbally, you say something they're like, whoa, you know, or that, that's <laughs> that happens a lot. You express like this is in your, this is in your conscious Venus. Okay. But what was the other part? What was the other thing you said? 836, uh, your yeah. unconscious Venus. So that, that whole channel is all about experiences, but it's about the collective. So it's not about you. It's not about the tribe, your community. It's about experiencing things for everyone. And it's very sexual. So it's kind of like, what does that even mean? It's just like, like, I feel like this relates to astrology. This is how I would take it is because I have my 11th house or I have Mars in my 11th house, which is the house of the collective. It's a house of the mm-hmm. humanitarian. So that's how I would look at Mars is our yeah. sexuality. So that's how I would look at it. And like, I do want to, you know, I don't know how open I can get on your podcast, but you can, uh, you can get as open <laughs> as, you, as comfortable as you feel. When it comes to the, like, I'm okay with more than one partner in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that kind of thing. And that, yeah, is that what you mean by collective? <laughs> yeah, and that no, that makes sense. A lot of people of have. So if you have a lot of, I'm going to pull it up right now. If you have a lot of collective energy in your chart, no, you have. I mean, you have I would more- say I'm very open sexually, and that's what I would say. And I would say that I mean that's likely from that. But then also, I know you have. Where's that gate through in your un- gate three in your unconscious moon? The six two line, the profile. Mm-hmm. Literally, Ra has said six twos will fuck anything. <laughs> Don't say that. 
But also oh, like manifesting we, generators, we have ooh, a lot of energy. That channel is very <laughs> troubling, troublingly <laughs> true. <laughs> oh well, said anything. But it's you know, and especially you're you're in that third line phase too, right? That third line phase in their twenties is very sexual. And like I I'm a six three, I'm very chaos, it's bonds made and broken, right? So like for me being a three three in my twenties, but my thing was I was married really early in my twenties and I had a kid. So like, I yeah. feel like I didn't really get the sexual experience. And now that I'm in my thirties, like my sex drive is like insane. And I, it's, I think it's, I can't I wait for that. I heard about that. that. Well, in dirty thirties, that's what they say. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I feel like now <laughs> I'm like, I know what I like. I've, I've figured out what I like. And it's like, now it's just like getting it right. Like, why am I going to yeah. waste time? Like on something that I'm not really that interested in anymore. You just like kind of lose the caring, right? I mean, of course you care, but it's just like, there's not that yeah, in our twenties, we're still trying to figure ourselves out. We're still trying to like be a certain way or like trying to mold into certain things where it's like, now mm-hmm. it's like, I know who I am now. And it's like, I like these things. I'm at the tail end. Yeah. Tail you're, end. You're, you're hitting your Saturn return. I'm hit almost. I still have a while. Cause actually it's surprising. I have my Saturn in Pisces. It's not an Aquarius. Does, um, does astrology like pull the exact like date and everything for your Saturn return? Can you see that? I can pull it. Yeah. I haven't pulled it, but cause mine's like so far out. It's like in two and a half to three years. So I'm just good right. on it. This says, yeah, I do have it in my fifth house, which is in the house of, which is ruled by Aquarius for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like I'm having a little bit of a Saturn return, but it's not my true Saturn return right now. So in human design, it says your Saturn return is going to be 8th of March when you're 29. 8th of March. That yeah, sounds right. That sounds like that's probably like my exactness because what you're for in astrology, it's like it's two and a half to three years. The period that Saturn is in the position that it was in at your birth time, but the exact degrees that it was in, like mm-hmm. yeah. it depends on the astrologer. But I would say within eight degrees is like when the intensity of Saturn mm-hmm. is going to play out. Mine, it's really like I pulled my Saturn return and I found out I was pregnant with my son. I was 29. And the day that my Saturn return happened on my human design was the day I left my ex. Like I was pregnant and I was like, I'm out. I packed all of our stuff. And I mean, I ended up going back, but it was like a really like volatile, like few years. Like I was pregnant. I had a kid. I got married. I got divorced. I got a new job. I lost a job. Like it was just like insane for those couple of years. But I like looked at that date and I was like, oh my gosh, that is literally the date that I packed all of our stuff while he was at work. These three like heavy houses in the fifth or these heavy thing, like in my fifth house. And it's like, no wonder I like, I like dating to me is like not fun. Yeah, no, (laughs) Neptune's there for you. And Mm -hmm. you also have Uranus there and Saturn's there. So dating would not be fun for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you take it seriously. I do. uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why I've been like dating the same guy. But then you also can romanticize people. I and do. you can also yeah. like make people, you can put the people on this pedestal when you have Absolutely. Neptune in the fifth house. And I have my 1222 is the channel for my emotional solar plexus to my throat. And the 1222 tends to fall for people they can't have. Mm. I'm like, yep, that is pretty much me. Because I like create, it's like, I see that's also the open G center, right? Cause it's like, I see the best in people. And so mm-hmm. I see these sides of people that I know it's like, you have the potential to be this person. I've seen these sides of you. So you're right. I, I romanticize that part of them. And I create this person who is like this perfect being, but then they're never like that. And then I'm disappointed and I get upset and I'm just like, this is terrible. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, it's also funny because you have moon in your 12th house mm-hmm. and you know, moon is ruled by Leo for you like me. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you're already this romantic person. You're already somebody who likes to see the best in people and who likes to love people and show people how much you care about them, you know, and be affectionate. But then when you put it in the 12th house, you can have these really foggy feelings about people and not really be able to understand your own emotions surrounding a situation because the 12th house is the house of 
delusions, illusions. It's the house of dreams and fantasies. And so it's like at times your own emotional world, which is the moon, it's represented by the moon, can be really fuzzy for you. It can be something that's like out of reach, out of touch. You feel like your emotions are maybe even uncontrollable. And that probably relates to the emotional center, right? Like my moon is in the 11th house. It's very close to being in the 12th house, but it's still in the 11th house. And so I like to look, I think because I have the line five patterns in human design, I Mm -hmm. like to see like the similarities between the two. But I think it's because of that, that, you know, you'll have these like feelings of not really being able to see people for who they truly are. And like putting your feelings above what it is that somebody's showing you Mm -hmm. when you have moon in the 12th house. It's like your, your feelings can become truth sometimes when you have moon there. Well, absolutely. I mean, even just like, you know, like that our thoughts become our emotions become our reality. And it's like when your mind goes there and that's true. I mean, I th- I honestly like, I think that's why I've been married twice. Right. Cause it's like, I don't mm. like, so then I have feelings for somebody and then I'm like, okay, well we can make this work, you know? And like, I romanticize it and everything. And then it's like a few years in and I'm just like, what did I do? So it's definitely, and I have, so gate 24 is in my, um, con, uh, my unconscious moon and gate 24 is all about, um, I keep looking at your chart. It's not, um, <laughs> <laughs> but gate 24 is all about like looking at past patterns, right? And it can be very codependent because you cycle back into the past and whatever. And like Aries North node is, as from my understanding is about like breaking codependence and kind of like falling into like your yeah, individual South node is Libra. Yeah. So it's like, I know that's a huge lesson for me in this life. It's just to, and that's mm. like, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but that's what I do appreciate about like the situation I've been in over the past year, because that this individual isn't like they are I have been allowed to like go through my wave over and over and over I'm not I could have easily after like three or four months been like oh my gosh this is it this is the one we're gonna just like you know what I mean if he was in a space of being like hey I really like you like let's do this kind of thing like who knows so it's like I appreciate the space to be like to actually come to like reality a little bit, you know, I do have my highs and lows Mm -hmm. and I have my moments where it's like, Oh my gosh, of course, you know, like after, after like, uh, you know, like a fun evening and like, you know, all, you know, that kind of, then then the whole next day, I'm just like in my feelings. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I feel so much, but it's like, but then I can come back to that space of, it's just, it's, it's helped me grow. It showed me a lot about myself, but I do have that fear of finding somebody else and like ending up in that same pattern again. Yeah. And I, I know I'm in a different space. Like I have a lot more awareness of like red flags now. Like I see them for what they are and I trust myself more. Yeah. I totally get that. It's hard because I recently allowed myself to slip back into a pattern and unlike relationships. I think that's where my hardest tests are. <laughs> you know, like I'm very easy easily able to go into my traumas and like things that have happened in the past and my own shit. But when it comes to like relationships, which is still part of myself, it's still, it's very hard for me to, you know, I do romanticize people, but also like there's this, it's more about the abandonment for me because I have a lot of issues with abandonment. I I've dealt with a lot of abandonment and not really rejection abandonment more so. And so I can interpret rejection as an abandonment as it goes. And so like, for me, it's just been difficult and challenging and icky and ugly to navigate the dating world because I'm like, it's something that I want, but I also there like my Aries Venus, my Leo Mars, like I have Leo Mars in my 11th house. I have Aries Venus in my seventh house. I'm like so desiring independence and freedom. And like, I want somebody so not to control me. Like that's one of my biggest things is that I don't want to feel controlled. I don't want to feel stifled, but at the same time, I crave relationships. I crave to be in love. The Leo in me wants to be with somebody. I want to adore somebody. I want to have somebody adore me and like all the things. So it's just tricky because it's like I've been in these relationships where they've been really either toxic or they've been really codependent or they just and like I don't always think the toxic ones were really like actually toxic, like really bad. But 
the codependent ones were more so that we just couldn't let go of each other. You know, like we just couldn't let go of each other and we were just so dependent on each other for whatever the fuck we needed. And um, like I've done a lot of work, but I still feel that I can't really come into a relationship right now because I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm just so afraid, I think, of... I don't know what I'm afraid of. I'm still coming to, to grips with that because I'm not afraid of being in a relationship. I'm okay with committing to somebody, but I'm, I, you know what I think? I think it is, I'm afraid somebody's going to switch up on me. I'm afraid they're gonna like show me a side of themselves and then like a year later, like completely change to somebody else. Like they're gonna like just completely switch and that would devastate me. Yeah. <laughs> that would be horrible. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's understandable. Has that happened to you before? It has. (laughs) I mean, like, it happened not a year, but, like, it was six months. Like, this person, like, proved that they were everything that I wanted in a partner. And then they switched up. And they, um, like, completely did a flip-flop and a 180. And at that point, I was, like, already in love with who they were. Who you thought they were. Who they thought they were. And they weren't that person. Did you have a feeling at all? Like in I did. I did, but I ignored it. I, yeah. I buried it. I buried it. I yeah. hid it. I, I, I said, don't come up here again. I'm trying to experience love. That's what I told myself. And myself said, girl, this is not love. Yeah. I said, no, girl, it is. And it wasn't. It wasn't. It really yeah. wasn't. 